This is the Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manekt. If you enjoy rating and debating the bulls and bears of business, sport business that is, as much as we do, you can follow us on Twitter slash X at the Sport Market. That's T-H-E Sport Market. You can also subscribe to our podcast at sportsnet.ca slash 650. Tom Mayanek, along with Tino Farah, welcoming you to hour four of the program where we're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business. On our podium this week, funded by Alpine Credits, our top three sport business stories of the week in the bronze medal position, ESPN Bet launches south of the border uh, in 17 states. It's just the beginning, of course. They're beginning with a paltry 2% market share, analysts project. But there are a lot who think that simply because and media platform, the so-called worldwide leader, that they will get to double digits uh, within the next couple of years. And of course, to be uh, competitive on the long term, uh, a lot of people suggesting they need to get to 20% and really give DraftKings, FanDuel, and the other big hitters a run for the money. Now, that doesn't mean anything currently to sport fans and bettors here in Canada, but it certainly can give you a bit of a hint that if ESPN Bet is successful, watch for the sports nets and the TSNs to consider doing more than what they're already doing to be in the game and offer that as a platform. And listen, they're not the only ones. Broadcasters are not the only ones. You've got Fanatics, which of course began as a bricks and mortar retail shop for uh, baseball caps, basically, and has now become next to ESPN.com, arguably the most potent um, uh, online platform and, and the most influential and accessible in the world. Fanatics is everywhere. They're now in the collectibles industry. Uh, uh, they're uh, buying uh, trading card brands like uh, Panini and Topps. Uh, they're in all forms of uh, uh, sports memorabilia. Uh, they're into uh, uh, jerseys. And yes, they're going to be into sports betting as well. So highly competitive marketplace south of the border will ultimately influence and shape what the market is here in Canada. Uh, in fact, we're going to hear later this hour from Steve McAllister, the editor of Gaming News Canada, on some of his thoughts as what we can learn from the ESPN bet uh, uh, experiment, or not experiment, but venture south of the border. In the uh, uh, silver medal position, NHL Global Series goes big in Stockholm, Sweden, Leafs, Sens, Wings, Wild, uh, a, a big week and give credit where credit's due. The NHL has done a lot of classy touches this week, including the Borja Salming Award, uh, Courage Award being presented to former Detroit Red Wing and of course Swedish superstar Nicholas Lidstrom. Uh, that was such a good touch. Having Matt Sundin uh, call out the Leafs lineup, another great touch. Certainly a big Swedish flavor as you'd expect in customizing something and marketing something like this in Sweden. But there's no global marketing as important for the NHL as best on best the NHL's uh, play 
Pops and PA signing off on being in the 2026 Winter Games in um, uh, uh, Cortina uh, uh, in uh, 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 Italy. Uh, that is 2026. Of course, we've got the Paris 2024 Summer Games in between. Uh, the NHL should make that a long lasting commitment and, uh, and, you know, don't play coy before each game will really make the most of it. World cup of hockey is, is nice. Thank you. But it's not the must do in, in my view that Olympic participation is because you're playing not just in a hockey tournament at the Olympics, you're playing within a multi uh, winter sport, uh, a high performance festival. And that's why when Sidney Crosby scored that goal, that golden goal, he was not just winning a hockey tournament for Canada. He was winning an Olympics for Canada back at Vancouver 2010. We'll have Steve Ewan of the province go around the horn with us. A little Canucks sport business, giant sport business, warrior sport business, Canadian sport business, Whitecaps sport business, and BC Lions sport business coming off their elimination at the hands of the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers last week. Of course, this is Grey Cup weekend, 110th edition at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Montreal Alouettes against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Believe it or not, first time that those two franchises ever met in a Grey Cup championship. That, to me, is an unbelievable statistic. We will also hear from both Steve McAllister of Gaming News Canada and the sports professor, Rick Horro, visiting sport business expert at Harvard University. But we'll kick the, and, and of course, just around the corner, Joey Kenward, who did such a terrific job moderating a legendary panel, and you'll get what we mean in a few minutes when we have Joey on. It was the highlight of the Canucks Alumni Luncheon Friday at the uh, Fairmont Hotel, Vancouver. Joey Kenward will be joining us in about 10 minutes' time. But first, we're going to check out the headlines in this morning's edition of Sun Sports. Extra, extra. Welcome to Weekend Extra with Sun Sports, presented by the Vancouver Sun. Seriously, West Coast. We're joined by Aziz Rajwani of UBC Saunders School of Business, Langara College School of Management for a compressed, shortened edition of Weekend Extra Sun Sports. But a lot of it is Canucks content. Uh, Patrick Johnson doing the section page and the hard copy of the newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com. Linus Carlson, uh, playing his first NHL game Thursday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary, uh, getting almost 12 minutes of ice time in that 5-2 loss. Uh, certainly, uh, this debut is a result of his own constant improvement uh, in the minors. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about culture, you know, talk at culture, you know, talk at techniques, whatever, and in life, just for anyone. And remember, I always do my best, but not always the best. You know, we always try to continuously improve. Even when things are going well, you know, you don't get, you don't get settled in and say, okay, I'm comfortable now. You've always got to be looking for things that you can do better. And that's why sometimes I say, you know, love your enemies for they point out your faults. Because when they point out your faults, you can continuously improve. But what this story also reminds me of is the fact that it's a tortuous trip. It's not a straight line making it to the NHL. You know, there's a lot of zigs and zags in certain cases. And the best person I can think of when it comes to that is he wasn't just Mr. Irrelevant. He was Mr. Totally Irrelevant. Alex Burroughs, you know, one of the Canucks that we just covet. And everybody, almost everybody unequivocally loves 
Alex Burroughs, well, he never got drafted. ECHL made his way to the NHL. Sorry, AHL then made his way to the NHL. And look how wonderful he performed for the Canucks and how proud we are of him. And all the little kids that were growing up at that time consider him to be a hero, as he should be. But he wasn't even drafted, but it, you've got to work hard. You've got to continuously improve. You've got to believe, and you just got to look at that goal and know that you're going to achieve it. I know it's easier said than done. Giving advice to anyone, easiest job in the world. Actually doing it much tougher. Patrick Johnson also opens up the mailbag of commentary from Canucks fans uh, as the Canucks head into a pretty difficult stretch here on their uh, season, but there's a lot of optimism, especially given the fact that the Canucks' best players are indeed being their best players. Matthew Betts expecting a big payday. J.J. Adams has got that BC Lions story in the hard copy of the newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com. And Shohei Otani on the baseball front becomes Major League Baseball's first two-time unanimous MVP. What a remarkable story is he's Rajwani. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, when you when you compare to Babe Ruth, what can be any? You know, that, that's legend and legacy, and remains still remains to be seen. Obviously, he's not going to be able to pitch this year, so they can only focus on hitting, and that might even bring considerable results as well. But if he continues to do both, he's going to be the highest paid player in Major League Baseball without a doubt. And of course, uh, also uh, Paralympics um, uh, or Paralympians at the Parapan American Games. Donna Spencer uh, uh, reporting, of course, on some real positives on the uh, women's side of things. Uh, uh, Billy Bridges, uh, she's very decorated, six time. Uh, 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 Paralympian, uh, also uh, a shot put at the Parapan uh, uh, American Games, javelin and a shot, uh, uh, shot put. So bottom line, big opportunity for him at those Parapan Games. Uh, Aziz Rajwani, we're going to have to leave it at that this week here on the Sport Market, but thanks for going through the headlines in this morning's edition of the Vancouver Sun and, of course, the stories online at VancouverSun.com. Go, Canucks, go! He is Aziz Rajwani. He couldn't get through a Saturday without either a song, um, a out-of-body experience like he just shared with you there. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, we complain about the singing, but it's certainly a nice change of pace here at the sport market. Next up, Joey Kenward reflects on what it was like for him to serve as the moderator of a legendary broadcasting panel. Jim Robson, Jim Houston, John Shorthouse, and Tom Larshide. We'll also introduce you to John Stackhouse, <laughs> uh, Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650 and Canucks Connected. We'll explain all of that next right here as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the sport market, rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Moves into the league lead. Brendan Batchelor 
with the call on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Canucks radio network here throughout British Columbia. Uh, the Canucks getting ready for a Saturday night encounter on Hockey Night in Canada against the Seattle Kraken, uh, entering their third year in the National Hockey League. Canucks trying to protect being on the podium, so to speak, of the top three records in the entire NHL. Only the 27-point Vegas Golden Knights and the 26-point Boston Bruins are ahead of the Canucks who go into the weekend at 25 points. They also go into the weekend coming off the afterglow of a very special event here in downtown Vancouver on Friday afternoon. It was the fourth annual Canucks Alumni Luncheon and certainly a big part of the festivities was our own Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650. He moderated a literally legendary panel of sport and hockey broadcast legends comprised of Jim Robson, Jim Hewson, John Shorthouse, Tom Larshide, uh, certainly all kinds of stories. Joey Kenward joins us to break that all down for us here on the sport market. Joey, you probably could have let the clock go and people wouldn't have left for another hour or two. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And, uh, that was just such a treat to uh, have those four individuals turn back the clock and, and just reminisce about some some great stories that I'm sure a lot of people in the audience had heard before, but quite frankly, sharing some stories that many members, if not all of the audience, didn't even have a clue about uh, what those four have been able to experience both on and off the air as, as NHL play-by-play voices. Uh, it was it was a great day to have all four of them on stage. Uh, multiple standing ovations for uh, that quartet who have have provided so many fantastic memories to hockey fans around the province for you know the last fifty plus years. And and I I said this you know the Vancouver Canucks might not have a lot of banners and championship success to show for their years in the NHL, but boy has this market and this province been absolutely blessed with some of the best ever to call NHL action in in the league's history not just in in this city's history but the NHL's history it was it was a really special day to have all four of those guys on stage together to reminisce about some of the the great milestones and memories they've been able to accomplish uh, during their time behind the, the Canucks microphone. Uh, Joey, you've emceed a lot of functions, you've moderated a lot of panels, but you said it yesterday at Fairmont Hotel Vancouver at the fourth annual Canucks Alumni Luncheon that this was probably the easiest panel for you ever to moderate because you just had to press go and they went. I think we probably had about 45 minutes with those guys on stage. I think I asked a maximum of two questions. And that just tells you how well-spoken these guys are, how sharp their memories are. And, and you know, Jim Hewson, Tom Larshide, they're in their 80s now. But, boy, when you hear them speak and talk about the moments that, that you know, they reflect on from the 70s, 80s, 90s, Stanley Cup playoff runs, memorable interviews, it, it came across like they just happened a couple of weeks ago, Right. And, you know, Jim Houston, who's not far removed from being in the broadcast booth, and, of course, John Shorthouse, who continues to be the, 
the lead voice for Vancouver Canucks hockey on TV. You know, it was just such a real treat to to have them all together. And and I've been very fortunate to have worked with all of those guys in various capacities at, at different points in my career, whether it's been on radio or on television or just seeing them around the rink or at charity functions. Yeah, I, I think, and I know, Tom, you were there. Anybody that was there in attendance, they'll, they'll say that that's a day that they're not going to forget for a long time because uh, – we had a, just a great collection of, of broadcast legends together on stage at the same time. I mean, there was real unanimity, Joey, on who was the real mentor, who was the dean of that panel, and who was the dean of not just hockey broadcasting, but sports casting in British Columbia. And it is none other than Jim Robson of the BC Sports Hall of Fame. You mentioned uh, uh, 80 years young, plus uh, 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 certainly uh, one of the real legends and the fact that he not only has his facts straight and as clear and sharp as he is, but he's got that rivalry with the Toronto Maple Leafs and that dislike <laughs> yeah. of the Toronto Maple Leafs still going strong. But really, all of the others, Jim Houston, Tom Larshide, John Shorthouse, uh, they all basically conveyed their thanks. They said that they wanted to be the next Jim Robson. They were so inspired by him. And you know what? Those guys aren't alone. Like, I, I put myself in that conversation. I know Brennan Batchelor has put himself in that conversation. There's other broadcasters that work in the league. You know, the legendary Marv Albert, all right, who we all know was a, a, a longtime NBA. He did hockey, but, you know, one of the, the most legendary sportscasters in, in North America, his son, Kenny Albert, okay, who was raised in New York City. His idol wasn't his dad. It was Jim Robson who he listened to on radio games across the continent, right? You know, Jim's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, the BC Hockey Hall of Fame, and BC Sports Hall of Fame for a reason. He's just such a class act, such a class voice, and and a real mentor. And, and, you know, Shorty mentioned it, and he said, you know, this is no disrespect to the guys that played the games in the 70s and early 80s when those were tough, tough years to be a Canucks fan. It wasn't tough to turn on the radio or flip on the TV at that time and listen and, and hear and watch Jim Robson go to work, right? And, uh, yeah, you, you could tell, and it's not just those gentlemen that were on the stage. You could tell by those that were in attendance that he's a special, special man. All of those guys are special in their own right, but, but you're right. It, it really stood out in that room, didn't it, Tom, that, uh, that Jim Robson's legacy that, he's, that he has left on Canucks fans for different generations, uh, stretches long and wide, not just in Vancouver, but across our province. We're talking to Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. He's the host of Canucks Connected Saturday. Keep it locked right here if you're listening on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Two o'clock Pacific time is Joey Kenward and Canucks Connected. Uh, Mike Penny and um, uh, Jim Robson, uh, your guests this week, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, yeah. So for those that maybe didn't have the fortunate opportunity to be in attendance yesterday at the Canucks Alumni Hot Stove Luncheon, I had a chance not long ago to sit down one-on-one with Jim Robson to talk about his entire broadcasting career, not just as a member of the Canucks, but you know he called basketball games on Vancouver Island in Port Alberni. He called lacrosse games in Nanaimo. He called minor baseball games in Vancouver before, and then eventually BC Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, all of that before becoming the full-time play-by-play voice of the Canucks. And you mentioned Mike Penny. Now, that's a guy that a lot of people might know by name, 
but he certainly didn't have the spotlight like a lot of his bosses had during his three-plus decades working for the Vancouver Canucks, whether it was with Pat Quinn or Brian Burke or Dave Nonis. But he has been working in hockey in the NHL in various capacities, whether as a head scout, an amateur, a pro scout, for I believe now 52 consecutive years. And he's he played a massive, massive role behind the scenes in the Canucks finding out that Pavel Bure was eligible to be drafted into the NHL out of the former Soviet Union when every other team at the time in the league didn't know that was fact. Uh, he played a massive role in drafting some of the most important players in Canucks history. He's an unbelievable storyteller as well. So, yeah, that's coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon uh, to hear those two legendary members of the Canucks both on and off the ice uh, share their stories with us on Sportsnet 650. And if you're listening to Sportsnet 650 Vancouver, keep it locked right here. We've got Pastime Radio, the collectible show at 1 o'clock, and then Joey Kenward and Canucks Connected at 2 o'clock. And if you're not listening on Sportsnet 650, you can stream at sportsnet.ca slash 650. Uh, Joey, we got you for another minute here on the sport market. Want to just reveal what I meant by John Stackhouse, because that (laughs) name was brought up. Just, I'll set it up with you very quickly. In 20 seconds, Tommy Larshide sort of going behind the scenes there. Yeah, and this was before John Shorthouse became a play-by-play voice for the Canucks. At the time, he was working for Sports Page on the old UTV television network. And uh, Tom, at the time, was you know known in the to, to have great guests on in the intermissions. But somebody who we had scheduled to have an, an intermission interview with in Vancouver one day didn't show up. So he's looking around, who, and he says to Jim Houston, his play-by-play guy, he says, "Who's that young guy down on press row there?" And uh, Huey says, that's John Shorthouse from Sports Page. So Tommy says, hey, kiddo, do you want to come here? Join me for a last-minute interview. He says, no problem. So as he comes back on air, Tommy says, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's my pleasure to be joined by one of the real up-and-coming broadcasters in Vancouver, an aspiring face and voice that you're getting to know. And, boy, he's got big things ahead of him. Welcome to our broadcast broadcast today from Sports Page, John Stackhouse. <laughs> Shorty's sitting there going, all he could do is smile and laugh. And Jim Houston says, to this day, every time he sees Shorty in person, he says, how you doing, Stackhouse? It is so good. It was one of the many highlights. Joey, uh, first of all, job so well done yesterday. Uh, you, you brought together all those legends. You put the spotlight on them as it belonged. Congratulations to Al Murdoch, who served as MC. Howard Blank as, uh, as, as auctioneer um, on the uh, live auction, which was pretty special. Arthur Griffiths remarks on behalf of the uh, Canucks Alumni Foundation. Uh, good stuff all the way around. Big success. You were part of it. Thanks so much for taking time out of your weekend to be with us. You bet, Tom. And a big shout-out to our friends from Galloper Gold. They're the title sponsor year over year for that Canuck alumni hot stove lunch, and we can't forget about them, uh, especially for the role that they play behind the scenes to, to keep that great event going. Happy you were able to be there, Tom. Thanks again for uh, giving the Canuck alumni yet another great plug. Enjoy the rest of your show and the rest of your weekend as well. Will do. Thanks so much. He is Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Next up, we go around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. Some sport business takes on the Canucks, the Lions, the Whitecaps, the Warriors, the Giants, and the Canadians. That's coming up next right here on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver.
you're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonect. That will do it. For the third period, that will do it for this game as the Prince George Cougars shut out the Vancouver Giants by a final score of 5 to nothing. Difficult way for the Giants to go into Legends Weekend and, of course, the weekend that the LEC, the Langley Event Centre, is hosting the Western Canada Collectibles Experience. Uh, uh, all kinds of autograph opportunities there at the show. Uh, the Giants, uh, as you just heard, they're losing five bunk on Friday night. They're up against the Lethbridge Hurricanes uh, today, uh, to, uh, tonight, to close out the uh, homestand. Uh, Vancouver uh, Giants, you know, they're still in that opportunity where they can make a run here, but the wiggle room is uh, diminishing very quickly. We're efforting uh, Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. Uh, uh, we'll begin uh, by going around the horn with the Vancouver Canucks. And certainly, uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, put it out there. If you ever needed any indication of how much of an impact the Vancouver Canucks are making on the marketplace. You just needed to be at the Canucks Alumni Luncheon uh, yesterday at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver. Uh, from Jim Hewson, Tom Larshide, uh, John Shorthouse, and others, uh, just a lot of praise on the way this edition of the Canucks is playing and the excitement and, and the optimism that uh, this edition of the Canucks has brought back to the the fan base here and it's been so much pent up demand uh, over the course of the last 10 years plus since the last time there was really anything to cheer about and and that's accepting of course that that special you know four week run in the bubble in Edmonton uh, during the 2020 uh, uh, COVID year there was a lot of excitement there and of course Thatcher Demko really showed himself to be the goaltender that he's very much become but Jim Hewson talking about the mood of the marketplace has changed so much and give credit where credit's due. Jim Rutherford setting the culture, Patrick Alvine playing the role of general manager and Rick Tockett obviously getting the most out of this roster, which is his job as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. They go into the weekend with the third best record in the entire National Hockey League, behind only the 27-point Vegas Golden Knights and the 26-point Boston Bruins, the Canucks are at 25 points. Steve Ewan of the province and theprovince.com, of course, uh, has been uh, covering both Giants hockey, Canucks hockey, all almost all the beats here in the lower mainland. <laughs> and um, the Vancouver Canucks haven't actually produced this kind of energy and excitement uh, in a long time, Steve. Uh, are you still among those holding off to get to sort of American Thanksgiving at the end of next week uh, before you deem this team real? Or do you have enough, uh, enough data to say that... Uh, uh, they could very well be a playoff team. Oh, I, I, I think all along, I think that was the general consensus was, was that if things went right, that they were going to be in the playoff hunt, and, and they, they continue to go right. I think um, they're getting the puck up the ice better than I thought they would. I think they're moving, you know, go, going from from defense to offense better than I thought they would. Um, I think the goaltending is what we thought it was, you know, would be in the power play is. You know, like they've got the pieces for a decent power play. And they've got 
three lines that can score. So I, I think we thought there was there's a chance there. Um, I, yeah, I think their best guys have been their best guys. Um, and and I, what I really like is that they don't seem to be getting too far ahead of themselves. They're not. They're not. They, the only people in Vancouver who aren't excited about the Vancouver Canucks right now seem to be the Vancouver, you know, Vancouver Canucks, which I think that bodes well that, that, that they're looking long term and that they see this as a as a, a longer play than, than those of us that are excited about uh, about the start. Steve, a big part of the business of hockey in this marketplace is the business of hockey broadcasting. Uh, some of the legendary names that have held the roles as Canucks broadcasters uh, were on full display at the Canucks Alumni Luncheon uh, at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver uh, on Friday afternoon. We just finished talking to Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650 Vancouver about that. But Jim Robson, Jim Hewson, Tom Larshide, John Shorthouse, uh, all of them among the very very best at their craft. Of course, they all point to uh, Jim Robson as being their inspiration. But as a sports writer here in Vancouver, what has that that succession of uh, top of the league broadcasters meant to you in terms of inspiring you, aspiring, uh, you know, setting uh, aspirational goals, uh, even if it was, you know, your your beats were beyond just hockey? Well, I just, I just think all those guys all those guys you talk about just deal with things with such class and such skill. And they're such good guys. Like Jim Robson may be as good a guy as you're ever going to meet. And I think having those kind of models more so as professionals, Robson treats everyone the same, whether you're Wayne Gretzky or you're Steve Ewan, right? He treats everyone the same. And I think that's a testament to, to who, who he is as a guy. And if, Jim Robson can do that. We, you know, we all should do that. Uh, he is absolutely a unicorn that way. Uh, they certainly do not come any better than Jim Robson in terms of, as you say, quality of heart and uh, quality of mind. We're talking to Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. Uh, Tommy Larshide, a uh, very interesting career in and of itself. I mean, he's done both football and and hockey, and and you don't see that these days in no. in in many markets. Uh, you know, he might have been very well, you know, one of the last of his breed. And again, a guy that that has great energy and and just great personality. And, and again, another real class guy. And and I think that's the thing that strikes me as you go up and down that list, and and you mention all those names, and they're all really good people. And and I think, I, you know, the this sports media gig is filled with egos and, and, and people that, you know, have grander, grander feelings about themselves than maybe they should. And to see the top, top guys not be like that. I think, I think that really, if it, if it doesn't set an example for you, you're really missing the boat. We're going around the horn with Steve Ewan. We'll go from the Canucks to the BC Lions. Uh, they fell short against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I really thought that Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, and uh, the uh, Lions were going to give the Bombers a lot more trouble and, 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 and win that Western Divisional Final. Bombers were just too tough on the ground, in the air. Uh, they go to their fourth consecutive Grey Cup Championship Final. What is the big need now for the BC Lions on the field, and what's the big need for the marketing off the field? I, I, I think they need to find a way to stay 
in in the news cycle. I think they need to be talking about who they're bringing in and why they're bringing them in and who they're bringing back and, and, and those type stories. I think that's important because uh, this tends to be a market where out of sight, out of mind pretty quickly. So I'd, I'd like to, you know, what are they going to do with, with you know, up and down the lineup? You know, what are they going to do with the running game? What, you know, how are they going to sell? And, and how are they going to sell the great cup? You know, I, I, I think that gives you, you know, you've got a year build up. I think you look at Super Bowls and WrestleManias and those, you know, the the Daytona 500s, and and they're they're able to sell those things years in advance. And I think that's that's something I'd like to say. I'd like to, you know, know about the music and what are the plans, what are they going to do with the stadium, and those things. And I think that's a chance you can you can space out your news cycle and, and really get people keep keep people interested throughout throughout the off season. I think that's going to be the challenge for them overall. And I think, and, and getting the team better, getting to the point where, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're going to get home field away from Winnipeg, or they're going to be able to, 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 to win in those kind of Winnipeg conditions, let's call them. Right. I think they, they need to find a way to be the blue bomber. From the BC Lions, we go to the Vancouver Whitecaps FC of Major League Soccer. They're, of course, in their own offseason alongside the BC Lions. But uh, Vanny Sartini uh, into some cross-promotion yesterday at the Canucks Alumni Luncheon at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver, posing for photographs with Rick Tockett. It's almost like he was wanting to touch the um, uh, the bunny's paw there for some uh, uh, for, for, for some for some good luck moving forward. Uh, I didn't hear them discussing discussing officiating though uh, Steve no. oh, and again that's going to be the challenge and, and, and I think it's going to be even become more of a challenge as the hockey team performs better because <laughs> there's only, I mean, people only, only only have so much entertainment you know so many entertainment dollars and I think as the hockey team gets better more people are going to start you know kind of sending their money that way and, and that's going to be hard on Lions, Whitecaps, Canadians, even so, I, I think those, those, those that second tier is going to have to find a way to, to to keep themselves relevant. Steve, uh, uh, you were there. The uh, Vancouver Giants uh, were the were basically um, the victim of uh, uh, five Cougar attacks, uh, five nothing yeah. win uh, by the Prince George, George Cougars. It doesn't get uh, much easier. Lethbridge Hurricanes uh, in town this weekend. Uh, what's your prognosis on the Vancouver Giants as they approach the uh, the Christmas season and the Teddy Bear Toss season? Need to get Samuel Hansen back, who's their best player. He should be back next week. I think that will lengthen out their lineup and, and slot guys into maybe better spots, spots where they're more better better suited for. Um, we'll give them another leader. I think they're a very young team, uh, and and he's a guy that's that's been at you know been around an NHL team for several weeks now. Uh, a guy that that the other guys will listen to and pay you know pay close close attention to. Uh, they I, they seem to be a team that's missing an identity right now, and I think they're going to have to figure out a way to to to. I, I think they they're going to have to figure out who they are. You know, are they a, are they a, a skill team? Are they a checking team? Are they a, you know a defensive team? I, I think they really got. There's no calling card right now at that club, so I, I think that's going to be part of their part of their next few weeks is is really getting that hammered out. 
We uh, continue to go around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and theprovince.com. Uh, the National Lacrosse League's Vancouver... Gotta do Warriors. You can't do. You can't leave Tino hanging. No, and, and I'm not going to leave him hanging. In fact, I'm going to suggest that Kurt Malofsky is not going to leave any of his uh, players hanging. He certainly is setting the bar high in terms of work ethic. He's already playing that pride card. Uh, obviously, he realizes there's a lot of work to be done here, but if anybody's going to turn this team into a winner, you'd have to think, based on track record, Kurt Malofsky uh, is, if, if he can't do it, nobody can it's it's really interesting to see the buzz inside the lacrosse community. I think um, the, there was a the NLL website did a poll of GMs and coaches. I think, and Aaron Bowl, who at, at this point last year didn't have a full time job in the league, was voted the number four goalie in the league. I think that says something about I said something about how Aaron finished the year and the kind of shape he's in. He's I think he's 38 going on 25. He looks amazing. But it also says something about the, you know, how people feel about Vancouver and, and what's happening in Vancouver and what they, you know, what they like about Kurt and just how organized and inspired. And, um, you know, I, I think, I, and, and I've always, I've, this is not a new thought for me. I've, if they can get that team into the playoffs, I think people are really going to fall for it. I think you're going to see 10 or 12,000 people there. So I, and, and I, I don't, I don't know what a good expectation is this year. Maybe maybe eight wins, maybe to go from four to eight and be around the playoff hunt. I could see them being a real contender in two years. I think I think that's that's maybe where you know my mind is at. But I, I you know I think they take a dramatic jump here uh, in wins. Steve, we've got thirty seconds left in around the horn. Uh, bottom line, uh, Vancouver Canadians in their off season when they open. In April at Nat Bailey Stadium, will Shohei Otani be a member of the Blue Jays organization? No, I don't. I I can't see him going to Toronto. I, I can see him going to a big, big East Coast American city. I, I I'm. I, you just you, I keep going back to the Yankees. I keep wondering if that's they're going to make the big showcase. So I I saw San Francisco. Um, it seems to be all over. I've always wondered about his body breaking down. Uh, I, 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 you know, he seems to be, I, I'm fearful of, of being a guy that signs him and wondering that, that you're just, he, he tries to do so much that the body isn't built for that. Right. It just, it, it, he's going to wear out. So I, I, I would be leery of giving him a, a long-term big, big uh, ticket uh, contract. We'll keep our uh, eyes on that People story. Giving me a long-term big-ticket contract. No, well. exactly. The, well, listen, we'll have our lawyers contact your lawyers, and we'll take it from there. There you go. Hey, Sounds Steve, good. thank you so much. Have Thanks a terrific much, rest of this Grey Cup uh, weekend and uh, F1 Vegas weekend uh, and uh, Giants uh, weekend. You take care. And UBC football. UBC football, of course, uh, a, a, a cup championship like on the, the line today. Right Absolutely. Some, some are- no, and, you know, you, you can listen to Tom and, and tune in the tune in the football game. <laughs> there we go. That's oh, the yeah. best of both worlds. Thank you so much, Steve. Hey, go. listen, have Thank a great you. rest of the weekend. Okay, bye-bye. He is Steve Ewan of the province and theprovince.com. We'll roll out the closing bell and some hot audio next right here on the Sport Market where we're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sport Market Radio Network. You're listening to The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650.
The closing bell includes some hot audio from earlier in the weekend here on the Sport Market, including our chance to speak with the sports professor Rick Horro, the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University, and talking about the Oakland A's relocation that will be coming up in 2028 to Las Vegas. Well, it's not a function of time as much as it's a function of of uh, uh, how many wolves you get to, get to cry and are, what's the reality of those wolves, to triple mix a, a metaphor. You know, uh, Tampa Bay got its expansion franchise after about four fi- fi- uh, failed deals. The, the San Francisco Giants were looking to uh, build a new stadium, go to Tampa. The White Sox have to move back the clock to the legislature to finally get an approval for their building. And so... Uh, if you have a real deal, the people will want to continue to look at a market and try to save it. You know, if you don't think so, ask how much Gary Bettman has invested in Phoenix. Uh, but it's enough. It's enough because the deals that were on the table, in my sense, either weren't real or they were real but weren't going to get the political votes. And enough is enough in the context of, you know, everybody, not everybody, a lot of people thought that the Vegas deal wasn't a slam dunk. Uh, the idea of more public money after all of the other facilities. They went from persona non grata for anything because of gambling to now having three and probably four eventually, maybe five with soccer, but four with the NBA could be. And so, you know, it was important to get in third. (laughs) And that's exactly what baseball did. That is the sports professor Rick Oral on the show earlier this weekend. For the full interview, you can check out our podcast at sportsnet.ca slash 650. Steve McAllister, the editor of Gaming News Canada, was on board as well, talking the latest in sports betting. Yeah, certainly, Tom, in the U.S. right now, uh, the launch of ESPN bets a huge story. Um, uh, in the first couple of days, the most downloaded app in the U.S., almost 700,000 downloads in the first 24 hours, which is just un- unbelievable, Tom. And uh, for the U.S. in the short term, uh, you know, you mentioned at the top of the segment about ESPN having modest projections on getting you know, 2% of market share. You look at what's happened in the first week, and you have to think that the folks who run FanDuel, DraftKings, Bet MGM and Fanatics are sweating just a, a little bit because I think I think this does show the power of the ESPN brand. How that translates to Canada remains to be seen. I mean, we've you know we've speculated on our Gaming News Canada show about uh, TSN or Rogers getting in the sportsbook game one day. It's a, it's a little bit more uh, complicated, not so easy to replicate what ESPN's done. Uh, but, but I think just because ESPN's such a big brand worldwide that there is interest in it here in Canada. That's Steve McAllister, not only the editor of Gaming News Canada, but longtime contributor to the sport market. He's the former sports editor of the Globe and Mail, former managing editor at Yahoo Sports Canada. You can get that full interview as well. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast, or you can visit us at sportsnet.ca slash 650. Tino Farah, that is a big four hours of rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business. You can't wait for the NL season to get underway and possibly plan a road trip to Quebec City. Yeah, the NLL is going to uh, Quebec. We'll see if they're maybe testing out a new market for some expansion, but it's going to be uh, in February the 19th, I believe. I'll have to double-check that, but Toronto taking on the New York Riptide, and I'm fired up. He is Tino Farah. I'm Tom Mayanek. We're both happy and appreciative of you being along for the ride here on the Sports 
the sport market on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, we'll close out this hour with a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sports Market on Sportsnet 650 presents the Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. The LA Clippers may have inadvertently coined a new term, super team to super washed up team. Hey, we put together the best team in the league from 2017. Unfortunately, it's almost 2024. And Lakers legend Michael Cooper dislikes LeBron James eating on the bench. Zion Williamson doesn't like where that is headed. Definitely trimming down one thing, his free agent destination list. F1 canceled the first practice session of the Las Vegas Grand Prix Thursday night due to a loose manhole cover. Racing resumed when they filled the hole in with Charles Barkley's gambling losses. And later they found some more manhole covers needed removal for repair. The course is riddled with little holes, like a giant roulette wheel. The venue's falling apart. The Oakland A's are going to feel right at home. Need to fill those in before next week's pogo stick race. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report. The comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. A special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash sportmarket.